welcome to the Tips in Salsa podcast, your local source for chips, salsa, and instructional technology happenings within the Redlands Unified School District. And here are your hosts, Jamie Quartz, Dwayne Coles, Nicole House, Caleb Rothy, and Jen Vadney. All right. Hello, Redlands teachers and staff. Welcome to our first ever RUSD EdTech's Tips and Salsa podcast. Here to provide you with some useful tech tips for your classroom and also hear from one of our very own district stars. Here with us today are our star tech coaches, Caleb. Hey. Jen. Oh, hey. And Nicole. Hello. Also with us is Judson Brown's very own Camille Danke. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Jamie, and we are excited to have you tune in to us. So the topic for today is burning questions about my ProWise board. Now, before we get started, as always, each episode of Tips and Salsa features, well, of course, chips and salsa. This week, we are enjoying Cleo and Leo restaurant-style chips and homemade salsa from our own Jamie Quartz. This podcast is best enjoyed with a side of chips and salsa. So pause now, and we'll wait for you to grab some snacks. Mm. Good salsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back. Let's go ahead and get started. Thanks for coming down today, Camille. We're really glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me. And Jamie, thank you for the salsa. You're yes. welcome. Have you tried it? It is good. All right. Um, so just to get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and how your year is getting started, how things are going in kinder for you. Well, I'm a full-day kindergarten teacher at Judson & Brown. I have 25 students who are super, super eager to learn. Um, they want to learn about everything, and especially about tech. They love anything tech. They love anything ProWise. If I say the ProWise board is available, 25 hands go up. Nobody ever says they don't want to work on ProWise. So that's why it's one of my very, very, very favorite tech tools to use in my classroom. All right, so Camille, can you explain for us a little bit um, just what is a ProWise? Well, it's, an, it's a very large format interactive touch panel, and um, it has amazing picture quality. So any images you find um, really show up very clearly. And videos that you might have shown before in, on Discovery Ed through a projector just pop and have such clarity. Last year, my students had the opportunity to watch the eclipse, the solar eclipse, through Discovery Ed on the ProWise, and it was a really, really amazing experience. And just as an adult watching it, I felt like this is truly amazing picture quality for um, something that's an ed tech tool. Right. It was really amazing. Yeah, but, that's pretty um, cool. The, the big thing for the ProWise is just the fact that students can interact with this large format touch panel. Awesome. When you say large format, how large are we talking about? Is this just like a computer monitor? Um, most of the ones that we have in the district are 65 inches. Oh, OK. And so, Jamie, we do have quite a few ProWise in the district now. Can you give us a little background on how that came about? Sure, after I finish this chip. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good. They're Which good is really good, by the way. Mm -hmm. I do say so myself. Well, so here, here's the way it works. Um, we watch Twitter, and we like, we like to see what's trending with a lot of hearts. And we saw that ProWise <laughs> is trending with lots of hearts. So we thought, hey, let's jump on board and buy a bunch of ProWise with taxpayer money. So um, that's how it happened. I'm just, sorry, what? Can you go back and repeat that? Give just us a little kidding. more about I'm just kidding. I, 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 would, I would be, I'm being totally honest, Camille was a big inspiration to that. 
A um, lot, of, lot of teachers have seen what she's done. It really started spreading at Judson Brown and um, kind of started spreading at other uh, schools. And um, we really saw the benefits of what, what has been going on with the, even the younger learners. So we started looking into it, um, uh, building a relationship with the company. Um, Judson and Brown was one of our leaders in this initiative and really started expanding on its own. Yeah, little shout out to Jen Hosh there, uh, for big sure. Big shout out to yeah. Principal Hosh yeah. on that. Um, and then in the, the spring, we actually ran an innovation uh, grant. And so teachers actually had an opportunity to apply for a grant and we were overwhelmed with the amount of requests for ProWise boards. So, um, you know, that sort of kicked off the initiative. Nice. And um, I do want to give credit to, you know, the ed tech coaches on on kind of taking the reins on that and assisting with uh, the ProWise PLN and, and also the trainings that have been going on. And, you know, from my, my perspective, I couldn't be more pleased with the, um, the level of interest and training and, and collaboration on this initiative. Um, so good job to all of you guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Out of all the ed tech coaches, who do you think has done the best job of that so far across the district? Here's your chance. I do have my favorites. No pressure. Yeah. Okay. You're going to put it Are out there? Are you asking me? Yeah. I have my favorites. I like some a little bit more than others, but I'm just going to keep that to myself. Oh mm -hmm. my okay. goodness. Stay tuned for episode two. <laughs> So Camille, I've been in your room quite a bit, and I noticed that you use technology with your kids a lot. Um, would you say at the beginning of the year they're more hesitant to use the technology? I would say their parents might be hesitant because they might think that, oh, my child's five and they don't know how to use all of this sophisticated technology, and then their kids go and wow them immediately because kids pick up on it really quickly and they're used to swiping and they're used to clicking and they will try absolutely anything to right. achieve whatever result they don't even maybe know exists just yet. Well, as a tech coach, I know I appreciate you um, allowing them to kind of give them that time to explore and use the technology in your room. It's really nice. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. So what's the hardest thing, um, would you say, about them being five and you introducing some pretty high-level tech stuff? Uh, vocabulary is definitely a big part of it. I mean, when you say click on the mouse, they're looking for the little thing that is going to you know, crawl around the room and they, they don't, a lot of them are not exposed to a mouse at home. They may not be exposed to a keyboard at home. They're used to using a phone or using a tablet. And so part of them is just, part of it, the beginning of the year, I just teach them what sort of tech we have and then the key aspects of the technology that we have and how to use them, like such as how to close out of a program, you need to click on the X um, and not press the button on the computer to shut the whole thing down. <laughs> at that age though, has there been some sort of pushback at, um, from parents and maybe some other staff about them being so young and maybe they should be playing more and interacting more and, and um, you know, just maybe more paper and pencil instead of going straight into the screen time? You know, I think because I'm full day especially, I'm able to keep a balance of paper and pencil and tech time. However, I think when the kids come home and they're teaching their parents how to use tech in ways that they never knew they could do, they are realizing very quickly how beneficial it is for their kids to become little tech experts at a young age. And they still do paper, plenty of paper and pencil and they're learning to form their letters correctly. But sometimes we might learn to form our letters correctly on the ProWise and via tech, uh, via a some sort of tech tool and then after that we go straight to the paper and pencil and do our writing. I think I think um, back here in the the ed tech um, department we talk a lot about um, why pro wise why this why that you know or, or, or 
you know, wouldn't it just be easier to just do stuff with regular flashcards or regular kid games? Why, why ProWise? Why not something else? Or, you know, what's, what's the draw for you? Uh, the biggest thing for me is flexibility. I think as a kindergarten teacher, I have to remain flexible. You never know when somebody will unfortunately wet their pants or somebody will have a meltdown <laughs> on the playground and I have to deal with it. And whatever plans I may have had planned and thought, oh, we're going to do this lesson next, I might have to just change it on the fly. And with ProWise, I can do that. I'm not looking at, oh, my board has this great thinking map that we're going to use right now, and now I have to erase it, or oh, it might get erased, or it might might not work today, and I'll have to try to save it for tomorrow. It gives me the flexibility to just pull up a new presentation and put something else on that they can do either collaboratively or independently, but I'm not stuck in a, in a spot where, oh, I had this planned for today, and I absolutely have to get it done today, because otherwise, I'll lose everything I've done. It really creates an environment where I feel like I'm very flexible as a teacher in meeting my students' needs. Cool. What are some of the things you guys are hearing district-wide about people using the ProWise? Um, well, a lot of people are liking it, liking the ability to use it for modeling things, I think, is one of the biggest pieces. It makes it easy for everyone in the room to see. Um, they can get in there and show it first and then put it into a small group situation as a tabletop. Um, so I think for me, I've moved, I've worked mostly with um, elementary classrooms that are using it, and that's what I've seen so far. That's that's what they're liking with it. Um, it we're still exploring a lot of things, right? I mean, this is new for everybody, so trying to figure out all the tools is is kind of um, a fun time. So it's it's just an exploration. There's not a lot of um, things that you can use for assessment or anything like that right now. So it's just kind of practicing with the tools. I really like also one little quick tip here. I love the ability to use the Dell laptops that we have in the K1 classes to extend the laptop to the ProWise panel. So you're modeling how to click on an app or how to shut down the device in the proper way, but they're able to see it on a screen that's 65 inches as opposed to a small screen in front of them. And I think that really helped this year um, rolling it out that way to my students. So many of them are little trained experts in how to shut down the computer properly because I was able to model it first on a large screen. But how much time does it take to get these kids taught in terms of the routine and getting logged in, figuring out how to put, type the code Great in? Question. I mean, are you lo losing a lot of class time for that? or? Or is it easier than we might imagine? I think it's a lot easier than you might imagine. I mean, the code is eight digits long. I mean, it's eight digits for a five-year-old to type is a significant amount for some. But I typically start out in groups. And so they start out with a buddy. And if I match up my groups properly, I'll have somebody who's very capable with typing in eight, eight numbers that are up on the board. Um, and they don't even have to write their, type their name. They could type in their number that they have in their classroom or something that identifies them, maybe just the first letter of their name and then the code. And it, it really seems to work pretty easily. I would say my first day usually takes about 15 minutes to get everyone in in groups for ProConnect. And after that, it moves much, much faster. So here we are just at the end of September going into October and we've just gotten a whole shipment of Pro ProLine Plus out there and um, there's some glitches with the with the software and you know we're running into some problems um, it's not super smooth um, we'll get over that that hump Absolutely. But, but can you talk to us about some of the things that you had to overcome when you first got your ProWise and maybe a little 
word of encouragement to those who are just getting theirs for the first time? Well, I think the biggest thing, and many have already heard me say this, is this amazing panel and this amazing expensive piece of technology was moved into my classroom. And on day one, I didn't know how to turn it on or turn it off. And several months later, I found out I was turning it off improperly. I was turning it off and the screen would go blank, but I was actually doing basically like a complete shutdown of the system. And so the pen um, wasn't charging. And I, I didn't know that until the ELB trainer came out to um, work with me on some questions that I had and he said oh wow your pen's not charging and turns out I had never been taught how to shut the, the panel down properly so I think there are definitely some things that I had to overcome at the start and maybe glitches that I didn't even know existed um, because I just didn't I didn't know how it was supposed to work and I was kind of trying to figure it out as essentially a pilot from the start and being kind of the only one working on it at that time in my grade level it was a, definitely a challenge and something that I had to work on um, and be persistent at figuring it out. Um, Camille, one of the things we did was we reached out to teachers that were using ProWise boards across the district and asked, hey, do you have any questions that you'd like Camille to take? So um, I want to share one of those with you right now. Beth Zeke wrote in from CRAM and said, uh, Camille, what are your top three tools or building blocks for ProWise? Well, I think the building blocks are very, very important tools. And I think a lot of people um, maybe don't realize what the building blocks are at the start. You have to choose an object or choose an image or choose um, a piece of text, then you go to your edit tool, which is the one that looks like a little frame with an arrow, and when you select that, there's a paper clip. And you click on the paper clip, and there are building blocks there. And I think um, having the ability to choose a building block and hide maybe an answer or add sound effects to it to um, your answer choices can be a very powerful tool when you're working on um, developing things that are interactive for your students. And also gives you some flexibility to change what answers might be there and give some um, variety to what to your instruction. So I would say I love the hide answer building block. I also really like the right answer um, with the sound. And um, my students don't really care for the wrong answer with the sound, but it has a good impact. <laughs> um, and then also, I tend to use the linking tool in that paperclip a lot also. That's also a great tool, I think. Being able to create presenter links to from one piece of your pre presentation to another piece. If, if, if you feel like you're working on a specific skill and you want extra practice in a particular area, I think it can be very beneficial to link to another page um, rather than trying to cram too much into one page panel. We want these, if you're using a 65 inch display, you really want to be able to make things that um, are large and easily displayed throughout the room. So why not have a link where you can click to and it'll take you directly to a new page. All right, Camille, give us a funny story. Funny story of a kindergartner <laughs> using a ProWise board. Oh, well, I always talk to my kindergartners about becoming little experts in ProWise and um, one thing I think that's been funny, maybe not in kindergarten, but now that some of our first grade classes have ProWise boards, the first graders who were in my class last year are coming into their classes and they just act like they are crazy, crazy ProWise experts. And I think <laughs> uh, their teachers will probably tell you too that they appreciate that they know how to use the tools and that they're now um, helping to train other first graders who maybe weren't exposed to the tools prior to that. So that may not be funny, but... Um, it is definitely something that I see as a huge positive that during the course of the year they learn skills that they can then impart into their, their peers and I think that's a really cool thing. Well, and I think giving your students the gift of expertise at such a young age for them to walk in and go, I really know something about this and I can demonstrate it for uh, some of my peers but also for an adult, for my teacher in my next grade for level, sure. that's so 
powerful for them. Yes. And I, kudos to those teachers that allow the students to actually for sure. be the one to kind of show them. Because that's hard to do, to step back and realize that you might not be the one that knows everything Absolutely. in the room. Absolutely. I for think sure. that's great that they're allowing that. I did have one student last year who did ask me if police departments have pro-wise because he wants to become a police officer and he'd really like to learn to become a police officer using pro-wise. Okay. So I loved that because it showed a connection between him understanding this was a tool that really helped him to learn and he's thinking ahead, thinking, you know, his career readiness is I want to be a police officer and pro-wise is going to get me there. So in, in addition to the pro-wise though, like, I, I'm telling you, if you've ever been in Camille's class, you're going to be amazed. I'm, I'm sold. Like if, if every kindergartner, kindergarten class had this, I just think that, you know, what a great thing for these kids growing up. But um, another thing that's important, though, is the seating. How, how do you um, adjust the seating to, to be able to present using the Pro-Wise? Well, as soon as I found out I was getting a panel, um, I had to, and by the way, I'd never heard of the panel. My principal just took a crazy risk on me and she knew I would go for it and make the adjustments needed to give it a shot. And so I was told I was getting this panel and I was, it was kind of described how much space it would take. And I looked at my room and thought, I do not have space in my classroom for a panel that is 65 inches when, you know, like, I, like there's no way. And so I did have to lose a table and that made me really kind of rethink, how do I structure my class? How do I run my room? I no longer have a place for students to write. So my writing table became a cart and I now have a three-tiered cart that has all of my writing supplies that moves around the room. And um, over the past couple of years, I've really moved to where I do have more flexible seating as well. And I love the idea they have wobble boards um, through the tech grant that I wrote, the innovative, um, innovation grant I wrote, I was able to get wobble boards that they now stand on while they're working on the ProWise. And that is always the first question. After I say, you know, the ProWise is open, their first question is, can we use wobble boards? And it's almost always a yes, because I know that that's a great thing for them and something that they really um, enjoy using, but keeps them focused on what they're doing. In addition to that, I did write the tech grant for Norva Nivell Furniture as well. And I found that it's a great way for kids to feel very comfortable um, and also so feel very engaged in the in their learning environment. They take ownership of this is kind of the setup that I created and this is where I'm going to sit and this is where I will be most successful. Camille, I think you make such a great point about uh, the introduction of new tech in our classrooms and how that should make us as teachers pause and rethink the use and allocation of both of our, our space in the room, but also our furniture and our supplies and all of that uh, kind of stuff. So I think that's such great advice for all teachers to think about that and keep that in mind. And to kind of piggyback off of that comment, um, I have a question. How often do you use the tabletop mode in comparison to the upright panel? The uh, panel always begins the day in upright. I have basically kind of my daily focus is usually up on the panel. And, we, and my morning is typically interfacing with the panel in an upright position. But once I get um, some sort of skill taught or we've practiced it whole group, then I'm looking at the tabletop being for small groups and then we go into tabletop. So um, once the school year really gets going, we're in tabletop pretty much every day. So we're rotating it. And I noticed even one of my students knows how to do it like already she can use the remote and she can move it down and she can rotate it and it it's really nice when you have students trained to a point where they can help you with that process it's, it doesn't take much time but I do think it's helpful to have a little expert who can um, make that adjustment for you and pull up a presentation and get things going again all right I'm still stuck on this wobble board thing 
What is a wobble board? And is that that thing that I saw Principal Hosh standing on that looks like a skate skateboard? Absolutely. <laughs> it Dear is. Lord. It is. Dear I think Lord. we should have some wobble boards. I think you should. I think you'd enjoy that. We're going to write a grant. Yep. But um, wobble boards are awesome, and they really are fun. And the kids kind of look like they're surfing, but at the same time, they're moving with consistency, and um, it really does help with engagement. Do they have wobble chairs? Um, we do not have wobble chairs, but I do have rocker aughts from Norva Nivelle, which gives you a little bit of a wobble with stability. All right. And three, to... three different positions. You'll have to come in and try them because you can sit on them at the horseshoe table. And, a horseshoe um, table. And you can decide which of the Wob rocker wobble rocks and which rocker ought position <laughs> fits you. Oh, My God. students will teach you. Don't worry. Come on in. They'll teach you the three different ways that you can use a rocker rod. I sat on one of those low, low chairs one time and it took me a week to recover from <laughs> I assure you, rocker rods are not like your typical flexible seating where you look at it and you think, what do I do with this? They're very, very comfortable for all ages. Okay. <laughs> all right, we have another question here from Ruth Thompson at Smiley. Great. So she says, how do you put a web page into the presenter app so you can actually write on it? Um, she's actually been using it with a snipping tool, but she thinks there might be an easier way to go about that. Can you shed some light? Well, the annotation tool is one of my favorite parts of Presenter. Oh, yeah. It's located in the bottom right corner when you open Presenter. And by using that tool, you're able to snip either little individual shapes that you'd like, or you can snip an entire screen. You can do a screenshot, or you can snip just a rectangle of your choosing. Um, a lot of times when I'm reading a text with my students, we will go in there, we will use the annotation tool within, within Think Central in one of our journeys texts, and then we will annotate directly on that text before we snip it. So that would be my biggest recommendation, is to annotate prior to the snipping, snip with the annotation tool within whatever web page or text you're trying to snip, and it will go directly to Presenter. One other tip, you don't have to navigate back to Presenter after that. You can continue through the text that you're reading or continue down the web page that you're working on, and it will continue to work with you. You can just snip again, wait for the screen to flash, and then you can continue on your way. So just one more time, can you tell us where to find that tool? The annotation tool is on the bottom right corner of the Presenter app. So once the app is open and you're on your blank page or you're in your uh, presentation that you've already opened, you will see it at the bottom right. It has a little pencil on it with some lines. And that is one of my very, very favorite parts of ProWise. I also use the annotation tool like when my own children are doing IXL after school. Um, they have the benefit of doing IXL on the ProWise sometimes. And we will pull up the annotation tool, and it's such a great example of how you can work out tough math problems using that tool oh, nice. within a different website. So you can annotate in the website, clear it when you're ready, and um, you can just erase the screen and then but select your answer within IXL, and it, it works seamlessly. It's been really a neat tool to be able to incorporate. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. What's a cleaning tip? You know, you got like grubby little five-year-olds with their <laughs> pot, nasty paws all over this. Wow. Like, you know, I, really I have to defend my students. Uh, they're really not grubby, and they're I very agree. good. Yeah. <laughs> 
My students are very good. Um, and one disclaimer, my sister does sell Norwex um, microfiber cloths. Oh, okay. So I use hers. Um, and truly, they are the best for what, from what I can see. They are the best at cleaning that screen. And any kid grub you might be worried about, or adult grub, because I've had a lot of, of adults come Gross. through. And, um, no, but the, the panel definitely, after you've done tabletop, you turn it off, you see that it is very, very grubby. And um, the thing I like the best is just the Norwex EnviroCloth. I found it to be very, very helpful. And it gets you a clean that um, doesn't leave any smudges, nothing behind. You feel like it is squeaky clean when you're done. Is there something like you have to avoid, like Windex or alcohol-based? I would definitely not use Windex or anything alcohol-based. They recommend a microfiber cloth and water. And luckily, the Norwex is, the EnviroCloth is a microfiber cloth and water. And it's what I use already to clean all of my computers and clean my desks every day. So I keep one just... A, a small one right by my ProWise that is exclusive to ProWise just because I want to really make sure that the kids know that we clean our panel in, um, in an intentional way. We use a specific cloth to make sure that we're not picking up sand that might have come out of somebody's shoes and then wiping it on the panel. But they really are more resilient than I think we think they might be. They're very tough from what I understand. Well, what do you guys think? Should we get to know a little bit more about Camille? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, now for the good stuff. Yeah, now for the yeah. good stuff. Let's pass this over to Jen. All right. It is now time for our lightning round with Camille. If someone could set a timer for 60 seconds, please. I got you. All right. Tell me when. Ready? Go. What chore do you despise doing? Vacuuming. What time do you normally go to bed during the week? 10.30. Cake or pie? Pie. Name a country you want to visit. Canada. What, what was your first job? I worked as a swim instructor. Nice. What was your signature What is your signature dish? I make homemade Oreo cookies that my kids mm. absolutely oh. love. Nice. We'll take it. Where were you born? I was born in Fontana, but I grew up mostly in Redlands. What is your spirit animal? I would say a jaguar, because I'm a proud Judson Brown jaguar. Oh. When, we, when you played water polo, what was your position? I was a goalie. Where did you attend college? I went to the University of Michigan and played water polo and then ultimately graduated from Cal State San Bernardino. Nice. All right, last question. What would be your introduction song? I would say it would be Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Woo! I do want to brag on our guest Camille a little bit. She is literally the ProWise ELB Global nice. Education Teacher of the Month. So I believe that she's going to be on the ELB website and there's going to be some fanfare and interviews and cool stuff going on there. So super so proud. So they tell me. Yeah. yeah. Super proud. Uh, $10,000 a car. Woo! Yeah, I like, wish. <laughs> I know. Pro I know. ProWise boards for everybody on your staff. I Love would totally it. go Love for it. that. Yeah. <laughs> if only. Yeah. We cannot no, be but also. I will say, I think ELB has been wonderful, and they've been really supportive of me, especially as I was kind of working on this process kind of on my own and trying to figure it out. And, and every time I contacted them, they were right back to me within minutes. I mean, it was really amazing. I could send a presentation to them and say, why is it doing this? Or what am I doing wrong? How did I set this up incorrectly? And they did such a great job of... Um, really looking at whatever I was working on and, and helping me to achieve what I was hoping to achieve for my students. So very, very pleased with my our kind of our partnership. Yeah, and I can definitely say we're one of their larger contracts and, and Camille is, is known by them and, you know, uh, word's gotten around that she's one of the top users around. And so we 
are lucky to have you, Camille. We're lucky to have you on this podcast as our, our very first guest star. And um, I don't know about you guys, but that was fun. I was yeah. nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fun. Yeah, that was cool. You, Good times. Um, so that's a wrap. Join us again for our next edition of Tips and Salsa, where you'll get more great tips for your classroom and hear from another district star. This is RUSD Ed Tech signing off. We're still recording, so whenever we're in, oh, we're still recording. Jump, okay, go. jump into this again. And, and I do need a brag on Camille. Um, she is the ELB Education Teacher of the Month. What does ELB stand for, by the way? <laughs> I think maybe we should make it's, it up. What is it? ELB? Yeah. Excellent Learning. Extra Large Burrito. Burrito. There we go. Extra Large Burrito. Hey, anyone who's education teacher of the month, we gotta redo this. We gotta edit this one. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find out what ELB stands for. Blooper.